Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome to our show. Today we discuss about landing pages, how you can monetize much better, how to create landing page, how to optimize, how to get results, and a lot of more about that. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Lizzie Devi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, big pleasure. want to learn more about that because, you know, uh, I have this issue with many clients uh, who create uh, landing pages, but they can't convert or have low conversion rate, you know, yeah, and it's frustrated when you spend some time with that, so I'm excited to learn more about that. Before we start, just tell more about your self-experience background and why you decided to share with us about uh, LinkedIn page optimization. Yeah, sure. So I'm Lizzie and I am a freelance writer, content strategist and copywriter for SaaS brands and e-commerce brands. Um, I mostly write uh, long-form content, so blog posts, uh, case studies, ebooks, and of course landing pages. I've worked with a lot of startup SaaS companies that are like one or two, maybe three people in total, like really small teams to bring their mm -hmm. website products to life. Um, so I've worked really closely with the people who build the products who have this vision and then they need someone who's good with words to put that down on paper or screen. So I'll end up writing kind of website copy, the homepage, product pages, as well as blog posts, assets and of course landing pages. Um, and at this point, I've written landing pages for the likes of Shopify and apps in the Shopify ecosystem, as well as kind of smaller uh, SaaS brands. Um, and the reason that I've chosen to talk about high converting landing pages today is because I see a problem that comes up a lot with uh, SaaS landing pages. And that is that the people who create these apps and software, they obviously have a lot that they want to say. Um, and then they end up trying to cram it all into one page that quickly becomes really overwhelming and quite confusing for the end reader. Um, and this is because SaaS brands have a unique problem, uh, specifically when it comes to landing pages, because they often have to explain why a customer might need their product. So, for example, when uh, Dropbox first came out in the noughties, no one had really heard of cloud storage. It wasn't really a thing. And everybody was really kind of happy storing their files on their computer and transferring them across using uh, a memory stick, a USB stick, or, or another form of archaic transmission. Um, so they actually had to educate people on why they might need uh, a software or a tool like Dropbox. Um, and finally, lots of SaaS companies are so involved in their products, obviously, because they're often run by uh, developers who have kind of built them from the ground up and they've shed blood, sweat and tears creating these products um, that they kind of end up being quite far removed from the end user. So they're not actually sure how much a user knows or doesn't know about their product. So those are the mm -hmm. three main problems or challenges that SaaS brands face. So they try and cram everything into a page, becomes this garbled mess with no structure and no real customer journey. Um, two, they can't just list the features and be done with it because a lot, a lot of um, SaaS technology is so new that people don't actually know why they might need it yet. So it's not as straightforward as kind of a consumer goods landing page. And then also, finally, they're too close to the product. Um, so they end up using confusing industry jargon or breezing over things that they know a lot about that um, their users might not know so much about. Nice, nice. Love your experience. And, you know, uh, I found 
when marketers have no experience with writing, copywriting, they can't be uh, productive, you know, on their jobs because mm-hmm. uh, I think text is the foundation of any content. So if you can't create awesome text, uh, and uh, I often see uh, when check out some analytics when people bounce fast because uh, it's hard to catch their attention. Text is boring, and once I have a discussion with uh, one of top manager, business insider, and uh, he told me that uh, Business Insider got success because of uh, writing uh, text in boring niche. Uh, so they created uh, non-boring text, you know, <laughs> on this niche and they got results. Uh, uh, they sold the company for $500 million, have a thousand employees. But, you know, uh, they uh, decided to write awesome text, not boring. So that's why I think when marketers have this experience, this, this background, they're more productive and effective. Okay, let's talk about, uh, you mentioned uh, about some elements of landing page. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I like uh, simplicity, you know, because you, you talked about simplicity. Can you tell how to simplify experience? Uh, for example, uh, when I check out landing page from Apple, I see only a few quotes, you know, but nice looking uh, images. And But many uh, other brands, companies uh, can write a lot, a lot of text. Sometimes we don't need it. And for blog articles, possible. Yeah, when you need to provide some detailed information. But what about landing pages? How to find this balance between uh, short content, I mean like short text and long text? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, Because like I said, lots of um, SaaS developers who have created these products end up kind of trying to write everything um, about the product, like even the ins and outs of how it was made in the landing page. And often it's just not uh, necessary. So um, before I start writing a landing page, I kind of try and get everything, uh, like I try and get loads of information together so that I can then pair it back. Um, so I will map them out before I begin writing, because otherwise you run the risk of them becoming these really long, rambly things. And the biggest uh, recommendation I can give to that, and I suggest this to brands of any size, whether you're kind of enterprise level or like tiny two-man band, I recommend this to everyone, is to speak to your customers. So can you speak to your best customers, either in an in interview style or in a poll or a survey? And when I'm writing landing pages for my clients, I try and speak to at least kind of two to three of their customers. Um, And I use this as an opportunity to find out uh, why they chose the product, uh, what product, uh, what problem they were facing before they started using the product and how the product solved that. I asked them what what kind of solution they were looking for and even kind of what search terms they were typing into Google or what kind of... um, industry they were looking in for for a solution I also asked them what their favorite features are and then one of my favorite questions to ask at this point is um, was there any pleasant surprises that they had when using a product that they didn't kind of necessarily sign up for but it's been a nice surprise for them when using the product Um, and the idea behind this is that you can then use as much of your customer's language as possible to avoid uh, the mistake that a lot of SaaS brands make, where they use a lot of industry jargon and confusing words because they're they're too close to the project. And I remember one uh, landing page that I was working on, it was for an automated customer service tool. 
And the brand really, really wanted to push the fact that the tool generated more revenue by turning each uh, customer ticket into a revenue generating opportunity. But when we spoke to their customers, I think I spoke to yeah two to three of their customers again, the biggest selling point for them, the customers, was that they could bring together tickets in one place and create short codes to quickly respond to common queries. So often what you think is the biggest selling point isn't. Um, so I would really recommend speaking to your existing customers or people who resemble your target market in some way. And there are other ways that you can do this as well if you don't want to talk to your customers or if it's a little bit difficult to speak to your customers you can use uh, behavioral data that you have access to to see what features they use the most um, you can search through customer support tickets to identify potential common problems and you can also use uh, previous customer reviews to identify what customers like the most about your product um, if you don't have any customers yet because obviously i've worked with um, plenty of SaaS brands who are kind of up and coming. They've just done like their first round of funding and they, they don't have a large customer base yet. Um, you can use your competitors. So you can look at the terminology they're using, how they describe the product, um, the keywords they're using. It's, this isn't my favorite method. It's not foolproof because obviously their audience might have slightly different needs than yours, but it's better than having um, no starting point. So this is, this is all research I'll do before I start writing or putting together a landing page and I'll create a swipe file of sentences and words that have cropped up in this phase that I can refer to um, when I'm actually writing the content. Because um, obviously I've been in the industry for a while as well. So I am guilty of using industry jargon sometimes. So it's nice to have that reality check of having these actual words and phrases that customers have used uh, next to me. Um, and at this point, I will also collect um, relevant reviews, a breakdown of the features of a product, and that will include um, how those features work and what they were built for or what they aim to do, and also the pricing tiers of a product as well. So all valuable information to have. And this is because um, the main structure, and this is how, um, to go back to your question of simplifying it, I use a similar formula um, structure for most landing pages I write. And that's so that they all, I know that they all include the what, who, why, and how. So the what is obviously what the product is and what the product does. The who is who the product was created for. And the more specific you can be here, the better. Um, it's obviously more effective to target a landing page towards HR managers in a specific industry. So for example, enterprise level property development companies than it is to target um, people in general in HR because somebody who works in HR in a small company is gonna have a totally different set of needs and pain points to somebody who works in an enterprise level company. And even if your tool works for both, the phrasing and the way that you pitch it will be slightly different. Um, if you have multiple potential audiences, because I know this is the case for a lot of SaaS companies, you can create a landing page for each of those audiences. Or if you're going to group them together, I would recommend grouping them together in pain points rather than demographic information like job roles. Um, and then, so we've got the what, the who, and then the why. So why they might need this product, or as I like to put it, how your product will help make their business, their day or their life easier. And then finally, the how. So how your product works to solve the pain point they have to get them to where they want to be. And this is like the bare minimum you need before you even start putting together a landing page. And then you can go into kind of what 
specific specific elements you can include within those within those sections. You know, I I, I love your long answers because you know uh, when when you replied to my question, you know um, I felt okay. I need to ask uh, uh, if uh, the brand has no customers, what to do? And you replied to this question as well. So <laughs> you know, it's still my job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can read my mind uh, because, you know, I had three questions. You replied to all of them. So in uh, one long answer. Yeah, love it. Yeah, awesome. Uh, and, you know, you remind me a quote that um, the era of lazy marketers is that because, you know, I, I see when marketers usually uh, just use, uh, I don't know, generic methods uh, to check out the average data, some tools. But... Uh, uh, I know CEOs of big companies, uh, salespeople can go to customers directly to speak with them, to know their pain points, and then only create content or products. So it depends. Yeah, love it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, guys, you need to learn from Lizzie. Uh, follow her on social media because you can see it's not uh, simple, but if you know the process, you can provide great results. Okay, uh, I have the question about the difference between uh, SaaS companies and uh, the rest, because you mentioned that you have uh, extended experience with that. What kind of difference you have? Because, you know, I see when SaaS companies create the same landing pages that other companies, but I think we have the difference and we need to consider it. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said earlier, SaaS companies have this unique problem in that a lot of the time they have to educate readers on why they might mm -hmm. need their product before they start. So everyone knows why you might need a vacuum hoover. Or everyone knows why you might need um, a bicycle. So consumer goods like that, it's, it's relatively simple. You're basically going off the features um, to compare each, each product. Um, but with a SaaS product, you don't readers don't necessarily know that they need that or they don't necessarily know that that's the solution to their problem. Um, so mm -hmm. that's one of the unique problems they face. And the other side of the problem is that, uh, like I said before, lots of the time it's created by developers who have a, a niche set of language that they use. They have um, a specific set of tools they use. And it's difficult to convey that on a landing page without going into like the really nitty gritty details, which I think a lot of SaaS companies end up doing. Um, and then they kind of alienate their audiences because um, like the average end user, like, for example, the, the HR person who is using that tool that I mentioned before, isn't necessarily going to know what kind of software the developers use to create it and why that's important to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, uh, we discussed about simplicity, about personalization. Uh, and can you tell about creativity, you know, because it's important as well uh, to stand out from the rest. Uh, what do you think? How to create creative landing page and uh, no, not overcreate? I don't know, like, uh, don't overcreate because <laughs> I see this issue as well when uh, designers can uh, over-optimize or, uh, I don't know, like to draw a lot of elements, but it hurts simplicity as well. Can you tell about creativity? Yeah, of course. So my goal with every landing page is to tell a story. Um, and I think that should be the goal for every land for every landing page. I know conversions are kind of like where you want to get, but to get there, you need to take customers on a journey. And 
for SaaS companies in particular, this probably would have been good for me to mention in the last question as well, you might be taking them through the entire sales cycle in one page. So you have to be mindful of the process that's going on in their head. And if we look at the traditional sales cycle, so it's the awareness stage, consideration, decision, um, they need to become aware of what your product is and why it might be beneficial to them. And then you need to outline why they should choose your product over another and then you need to give them the confidence to make the decision. So although I use a similar structure and a similar formula for each landing page I write, um, it's the information that the brand can give and the customers can give that will kind of populate the content of that page. Like I said, speaking to customers and getting other elements from them. Um, and I tend to structure the landing pages I write in this customer journey style so that I know that I'm including elements that will drive conversions, but I'm also giving customers the information that they need at each, st each stage. So in action, mm -hmm. this will look like, um, like a hero statement or uh, what it'll do for you statement as part of the awareness stage. So this will be the first thing that people see when they arrive on a landing page um, and it's what a product is or does. And I see so many SaaS uh, product pages try and get really creative with their main header but you literally have seconds to capture someone's attention and bearing in mind this is someone who might not even know that they need a product like yours it's really cru crucial that you use it wisely and creative is nice like I'm a writer I'm a sucker for creative but the header really needs to tell someone exactly what your product is from the get-go um so there's examples like uh, MailChimp's email marketing product page is really clear. It's basically, uh, I think it's like win customers with the number one email marketing and automations brand. Um, and that tells people exactly what they're getting. Um, and SEMrush's, their split signal uh, landing page is also similar. So it's, it's something like enterprise SEO, AB split testing. So it literally tells readers exactly what the tool does. And then below the header, you can expand more on who the product is for and touch on the, the biggest pain point that you've identified during the research stages of kind of whether you spoke to customers, whether you surveyed them, or whether you researched competitors. And um, because this is the part where you want readers to think, oh, yeah, this, this product is for me so that they keep on scrolling down. Um, so I think uh, on MailChimp's, let me just get the page up on MailChimp's um, e-market email marketing platform, the, the statement they, they write below the header is grow your revenue with targeted and engaging emails that get more customers to open, click and buy. So for someone who's struggling to grow their revenue or get customers to open their emails, MailChimp immediately becomes of interest. And then to figure yeah. out what to write for your header and follow up statement like this, you want to focus on um, what exactly your product does in simple terms. So going back to your simplicity, who it helps and one key pain point that it helps them with. So the formula I use is what your product is plus who you help plus the solution. And then once readers are aware of your product and, and what it can do for them, they'll move into the consideration stage. So this is just a crude basic journey and each customer is obviously very different, but someone who's interested in your product is gonna want to know why they should choose you over another similar product. And again, this yeah. adds to the story about why they should choose you and what your product is and how they can they can use your tool. Um, and this is where you'll deploy the features and benefits of those features. So um, rather than just listing um, that you give customers one terabyte of cloud storage, explain why that helps them. So it could be, I don't know, because um, they can start, they can store large media files from multiple creators, for example. And this, I think this is where the element of creativity can come in a bit because you want to 
tell a story, you want to put the reader at the centre of this. So you want to be able to, you want to encourage them to imagine themselves using this tool and what those use cases are that they'd be able to use it for. Um, mm -hmm. So one quick tip for that, for the whole features versus benefits. I know it's like done to death, but list out product features and then write one to two things about what um, those features actually help users achieve. Um, and then that will be able to, that will help readers see where they are now and where they could be if they use this tool. So they'll be able to see the end point of the story. Yeah. Um, you might... Yeah, you mentioned a few times about sharing stories. And, you know, uh, it's interesting that, for example, uh, when uh, I watch some uh, marketing from Apple, you know, uh, I, uh, I consume the stories. That's why I bought Apple Watch, uh, iPhone, uh, and many other uh, products, items. It's interesting that when I bought um, AirPod Pro, uh, the, uh, if I remember correctly, the price was over uh, $200. Then I bought simple uh, other headphones for $30. For me, it's hard to find this difference, you know, <laughs> only with the price because $250 and $30. It works well. It's, it's called Meizu, Meizu, yeah. And uh, can you tell, for example, um, you know, I remember when Tim Cook... Uh, uh, shared about new Apple Watch, uh, he shared three stories. Uh, how this Apple Watch can simplify your life, decide your problems, and uh, he shared examples of other people like me, you know, and uh, after watching this, uh, I got the feeling, uh, uh, the feeling that I have, uh, that I own this Apple Watch, and after that, uh, I bought three items because I can't buy only for me. I need to buy for my wife, for my kids, uh, because they probably kill me if I don't do it. But, you know, it's interesting that, uh, can you tell how to provoke this feeling of, uh, you know, uh, when you own the product, uh, and, um, you know, uh, because... I see when uh, boring advertisement, uh, when you check out many features, it's not interesting, you know, uh, probably other products have these features. But Apple is good by sharing stories and how we can do it on landing pages. You told that uh, you need to uh, share story, but on landing page, we have some, uh, not a lot of space yeah, to share the story. Tell from your experience how to do it. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good question. And I think that's the thing that a lot of, SaaS brands struggle with is putting the customer kind of in, like allowing them to see where they could be with that product. Um, there's a saying in the writing world that is, it says show, don't tell. So while it's easy enough to say our product has this, it's easy to use, people just aren't gonna trust that until they see it for themselves. So um, you wanna show them how easy it is to use and what their life might look like when they're using it. Um, and there are several ways that you can do this on a landing page because, like you said, you have a very limited amount of space. And obviously, yeah. you don't have time to kind of write a novel about how one customer achieved this really great thing or how they might it might change their life completely. Um, so you can have a how it works section. So that will list out a step-by-step -step guide to how your product works and what um, the customer's life or business um, might look like now and then um, tell them what it might look like or show them what it might look like um, when they've invested in your product. So is it going to make, um, are they going to be able to impress their boss? Are they going to be able to speed up this process that's been really holding them back? Um, you can also use examples and screenshots that show your product in action. So using visual elements here is really useful, um, whether that's a live demo, uh, like a video series or a walkthrough demo of somebody else going through it. 
And um, you can even take it one step further and, and get interactive. So let people have a play around with it themselves. I think that um, for SaaS products, it's slightly different than consumer goods because when we're buying consumer goods, we're often buying them because um, we want to look better. We want to um, blend in with our friends. We want to we want we see this lifestyle that we want and this product will help us get there. Whereas with a SaaS product, it's kind of more about um, we're going to impress our boss or we're going to save time. Um, we're going to do it's kind of more like job related stuff than um, it's going to make us a better person. So um, showing that through videos, through demos and stuff is, is probably the easiest way to do that on a landing page. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. OK, let's talk about uh, common mistakes that you can see from your experience uh, that uh, companies, SaaS companies can do. And uh, probably you have your checklist how to go ahead. For example, you know, uh, um, I, when I speak with many marketers, they have different approaches. Uh, one of them think it's better to start from uh, writing text. Others can think it's better to uh, draw design. And it's like, you know, uh, what was first, uh, chicken or egg? We don't know. Yeah, and it's the same. Uh, and by by the way, both uh, are right because they are good with their uh, strong size. Can you tell about common mistakes that you can see uh, in uh, creating web design? And probably you can share some checklist how to do it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, the whole design and writing debate is is ongoing. Ideally, they would work together in tandem, but that's never the case. Uh, but in terms of mistakes, I think for SaaS brands in particular, um, the biggest mistake is just making it too confusing. Like I, I, I visit a lot of SaaS landing pages every single day, like part of my research as part of um, just my general interests. And a lot of them are kind of, I land there. And if it doesn't tell me immediately what the product is or does as soon as I land on it, I've lost interest straight away. So I think that's the biggest problem SaaS landing pages face because it's so, um, as it's literally the first thing people see, it's if they don't get any further than that, then there's no point in having the landing page. So the rest of what you write is irrelevant if you don't get that first thing correct. Um, the second mistake I see SaaS brands make is trying to uh, target multiple different pain points at once and that's when you get the confusing copy about we can do this 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 and this and it makes it really difficult for um, the reader to imagine themselves in that position if you're constantly like but what about this but what about this and what about if you face this as well um, and the third thing is yeah just too long just landing pages that are too long um, with unnecessary uh, sections um, especially with SAS, you have such a limited time and people's attention spans are so short that you, you really need each section to pull its weight on a landing page. Um, and if there's a section that maybe sounds nice, like the writing is creative and it's full of personality, but it doesn't add anything to the customer journey or the story that you're trying to tell, then, um, then it needs to go, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. Okay, let's talk about uh, not landing page, but pre-landing page. Yeah, it's interesting that many marketers ignore uh, creating pre-landing pages, but uh, I found a few brands that are successful with that. They create pre-landing page because uh, customers are not ready to buy. Probably they're in the middle bottom, uh, sales funnel or uh, bottom. Um, uh, so uh, can you tell uh, how to create pre-landing page and uh, lead them to landing page to where uh, we are going to actually sell products. 
Yeah. So when you say pre-landing page here, do you mean something that's like encouraging them to sign up to an email list or encouraging them yeah, to sign up yeah. to something that's yeah. not a purchase? Yeah. So, I mean, I treat all landing pages in a similar way. So the same format, again, um, is the the what, the who, the why and the how. Like, what what is this that they're going to get when they download? What who is this for? Is it for them? Can they put themselves in that in that position and imagine themselves downloading that, reading that and it making their lives better? Um, and then another thing that I would suggest, as, as at this point, customers aren't might not be as familiar with the brand or, or might not know kind of there might not be as as the same level as trust as an existing customer is give them some insight into what's going to happen when they click the call to action at the end. So click this click this button and you'll get this to your inbox straight away. So let them know what's going to happen. So there's no nasty surprises after they click that button um, and they and they kind of know exactly what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, okay, you mentioned about call, uh, call to action. Can you tell how to add this button? Because, uh, you know, I, I see when landing pages submit a lot of call to action everywhere uh, in the top, uh, left side, right side, in, in the bottom many times. And it's, you know, uh, I get the feeling uh, of overselling, you know, uh, someone uh, is trying to sell me uh, at any circumstances. But uh, uh, other landing pages can ignore uh, this button or have just small text, you know, uh, without button. So how to find the balance between overselling and uh, less selling? <laughs> yeah, uh, another good question. I I always recommend putting a call to action at the end of each part of the sales cycle. So like I said, the landing page is basically one long sales cycle in one. So a call to action after the when a customer might have reached the end of the awareness stage. Um, so that would be after the header and the, the initial top statement. And then a call to action after the consideration stage. So that would usually come after the features and the benefits. And then a call to action at the end of the decision stage. So that would be after you've um, added customer reviews, after you've added any case studies, um, after you've added those uh, how it works, guides and uh, demos, videos, whatever. So I'd say at least three call to actions on a page once a customer gets to the, to the end of those, those points. Um, and I think, again, like with the call to action, you want to tell readers exactly what you want them to do next. And I, I suggest making this as active as possible. So using verbs like sign up or buy now or access your free trial. Um, and you can even relate this directly to the biggest pain point that you've identified too, um, especially if you've been like hammering at home throughout the landing page. So you could you could have your call to action as start saving time now or um start here to start here now to impress your boss or something like that um, and again make it easy for them to take the first step so your t your cta should also um it should be a no-brainer for readers so it should clearly highlight what happens next so when they click the button they aren't surprised by what happens next and they know exactly what kind of funnel they're going to go down after that um so you can walk them through the sign up stage here or simply say when you click this button you'll be redirected to xx and y or something in a in a less abrupt way mm -hmm. okay uh let's talk about trust feeling because you know uh, uh, unrecognizable brands uh, when they create landing page and uh, get traffic uh customers don't know how to trust them because for example if i open landing page from nike any other familiar brands, I know these brands. But if uh, we are talking about some uh, 
unrecognizable brand. Uh, how to provoke the trust feeling that everything is fine, nobody will steal your money, uh, you get high quality product. Because, you know, customers usually change their money, hard-earned money uh, with products if they feel that uh, their money costs less than uh, actually products. Can you tell about provoking this trust feeling? Yeah, so uh, I, my recommendation is to back up everything you're saying with um, with content from your existing customer. So customer reviews, obviously, the biggest way you can do that. If you can get a, three or four customer reviews on your landing page that um, instill confidence in potential buyers, like you're absolutely golden. Um, but if you if you can't get kind of reviews, then anything like case studies, um, videos of your team members talking through, like put put a face on it, put like have your developer have your somebody speaking to camera so that the, there's the human touch there, because that's what people are looking for when when they want to build trust. They're looking for a person to connect to, and whether that's a previous customer, whether it's um, another brand in a case study or whether it's kind of you as as a team or somebody on your team then then that's the best way to build trust mm -hmm. yeah interesting okay lizzie let's imagine you have no experience knowledge skills anything you need to start from scratch what will you do today to learn more about creating uh high converting landing pages um if i wanted to learn more about it i would uh read as many landing pages as possible. I would go out there and I would go, I would load up loads of different, if it was SaaS brands that I was looking at, I would load up loads of different SaaS company landing pages. I'd go to their product pages. I would write down what elements they will have. Um, while I'm reading through it, I'd be like, which bits are most interesting to me? Which bits have kind of been most compelling to me? Um, and then I would just get out there and start writing, like copy those landing pages, like copy those sections. Um, see see what feels good and um, yeah test testing is everything with landing pages as well so um, it's an ongoing process the initial customer research that you do at the beginning shouldn't just be the only time you carry out that research every time you get new customers you want to be asking them about the product so that you can add um, their their words into the landing page um, so yeah I would recommend going out there and looking at as many landing pages as you can making notes on the elements of those landing pages, what you like, what you dislike, um, which sections resonate with you the most, and then just practice, practice, practice. That's the, that's the best thing you can do. Nice, nice, love it. Yeah, uh, I agree completely. I think, you know, doing is much is more important than uh, just learning. You know, you can uh, read a hundred books how to create landing page, but if you do nothing, you know, I'm not sure that you can create awesome landing pages because it's like, I don't know, to read uh, a book how to play soccer, how to play tennis, you know. If you don't play, no way, guys, you, you can't achieve any results. Even hundred books can help you to be a good uh, player without actually doing, yeah completely agree with that and uh, you mentioned about testing can you tell how to test landing pages uh, because I, I check out one study from HubSpot and they uh, they create uh, many landing pages for uh, one product and they test them check out which one works better and then uh, leave just one can you tell more about testing yeah so I mean there are loads of different tools that you can test landing HubSpot is one of them um, unbounce like literally hundreds of tools out there you can use I would play around with a few of them um, and I would recommend testing. Um, so having your audience segments and having 
three to four test pages for each of them. Um, but I would recommend just tweaking like one thing at a time rather than having one um, landing page and then an entirely different landing page because if one performs better, you're not going to know why it's performing better. Whereas if you have um, just the header different on them, then you're going to know that it's the header that's making an impact. Or if it's just the CTA that's different, you're going to know that it's the CTA that's making a difference. Um, so yeah, use a tool, create at least three to four variations, but make sure you're just tweaking one thing at a time so so that you can be sure um, you can be sure <laughs> just say, just the cat there. you can be sure yeah. which one is making a difference. Uh, you know, my, my cat loves uh, learning something new about marketing. I don't know why, because uh, um, he, he doesn't like movies. He just want to learn more about marketing. So he usually I hope, he is, I hope he's enjoyed this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I have the question about the future. Can you tell what kind of future will be? Uh, you know, uh, just forecast the future because uh, many things are coming: augmented reality, virtual reality, metaverse, uh, Web three zero. Uh, what do you think it's better to uh, learn or adapt today to cover the future? Yeah, it's it's a good question, and I think that the answer is like we we don't know what's going to happen, and. Um, <laughs> We can, we can try out as many things as we want and we can try and get as familiar as possible with things that are happening, but like you never know what's gonna stick. Um, and I know that at the moment there's a ton of kind of AI writing tools that have come out that are kind of useful for people planning blog posts and stuff. But like I said, with landing pages, like they're there to build trust and they're there to, to convert people and you need that, that human element to it. So you can only go so far with, with this technology that's coming out until you're going to need to kind of have that human touch still. People are still going to want that regardless of how much AI or VR or AR there is coming out. Um, the human touch is really important on a landing page. Mm -hmm. uh, Lizzie, I have the final question about, uh, can you tell, uh how you develop and innovate your uh, knowledge uh, update skills because uh, yeah um, uh, i think you know today when marketers just uh, learn something and uh, without updating it's hard it's hard to go ahead because many things are coming uh, tell more about updating skills today yeah or your so, methods yeah my, I mean, the, the, like, the biggest advice I can give again is to just go out there and do it. So I've learned a lot of the skills I have today by working closely with these SaaS companies and um, kind of understanding what their pain points are. It's kind of like a bit meta. I'm understanding their pain points to understand their customers' pain points. Um, and you just learn like the more, more people you work with, the more pieces you write, the more products you put out there. Um, whatever it is you're doing, it's all about kind of experience for me. And I learn best by by doing things like I, I'm not very good at reading um, business books. I'm not very good at kind of listening to courses. Um, so my biggest advice for people like me is to just get out there and do it. And, and you learn more while you're experiencing it, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it, love it, guys. You need to follow Lizzie. You need to learn from her because you know you can see a lot of valuable insights. And by the way, I had a lot of discussions about 
content rate optimization, about landing pages. But you know, today I got something new and unique because uh, in most cases, yeah, uh, the foundation is the same. But uh, what I like today that is you can learn from customers to learn their pain points and to submit information to customers care about. Lizzie, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on Twitter at Lizzie Davy. You can check out my website. It's lizziedavy.com. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn, Lizzie Davy. I don't know what the actual URL is for that, but I'm on LinkedIn as well. Okay, guys, you can find all these links, including LinkedIn. So you you, you can find uh, simple, uh, just check out description uh, for this podcast. Uh, Lizzie, it's a big pleasure to get my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Uh, welcome back anytime. If you want to share something new, more valuable insights, guys, you need to follow Lizzie. Uh, love you guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.